with the TJ Watt stuff already. He's either going to sign or he isn't. He's either going to play or he isn't. There's a football game this week. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. All systems go today. The Steelers have their first official full practice in advance of facing the Bills. And a lot of it's going to look and feel really normal for the first time in a couple of years. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be the Wednesday morning session with the media. Then the team takes the field. And then maybe, maybe we can all, meaning on the outside, get back to talking about what actually matters. Look, I'm not downplaying the TJ thing, to say the least. Mike Tomlin made clear yesterday, TJ's going to play. I remain optimistic that something's going to get done from a deal perspective. Um, That aside, um, you know, I'm expecting him to work tomorrow. I'm proceeding with the assumption that he's going to work tomorrow. Um, You know, that's kind of the approach that I'm taking. Fine. Let's see how it all rolls out. I strongly suspect, based on what the head coach said yesterday, it's going to roll out just fine. The rest of it, I'm not as sure about. And really, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be. It's a challenge. It's a challenge facing that team, that opponent, that a lot of people see as being the second best team in the AFC, behind the Chiefs, of course with all the talent they have on both sides of the ball. The Steelers are going to have to be at their best. And you know what? You can argue, even with the Steelers having been divisional champs last year, that this will constitute an upset if the Steelers win. The betting line says so. Logic kind of says so. And not just because of the whole home versus road thing. The Bills have a lot of things going in their favor. But the Steelers, make no mistake, can beat them. And I'm going to give you three keys to that today. Number three. Yeah, we're going in descending order. It's more dramatic. Number three is that Joe Hayden's going to have to cover the daylights out of Stefan Diggs. In fact... The entire secondary is going to have to adjust to all of the Buffalo receivers because I don't know how overly gimmicky you can afford to get in giving Hayden a helping hand over there. You know what I'm saying? Like I think you can have Terrell Edmonds lean toward that side of the field, maybe even occasionally come close to doubling up digs or staying in that vicinity. But I don't think you can do something like, uh, you've seen the Steelers do this in the past, by the way, usually against tight ends, where they'll line up somebody at the line of scrimmage and chip them and whatever else. You're not going to see anything like that. You're not going to see some of the gimmick defenses, for example, that were applied against Antonio Brown at the height of his career in Pittsburgh. But Hayden has always been that guy. And you know, Hayden 
still sees himself as that guy, and fairly so, and wants to be paid like that guy. So go ahead and get them, Joe. Number two is that the defensive front has to be stout and cohesive, not necessarily in that order. Again, we could turn this subject into TJ this and TJ that, but the fact is, TJ, even with just three practices in team drills, in parentheses, knows what he's doing. You know, TJ's job at the end of the day isn't super complex. They can just tell him, look, we'll get you up to date on everything else. Pin your ears back and go get Josh Allen. Just key off on him. Go get him. They can do the same thing with Alex Highsmith. And you'll recall that in the first half, in particular last year in Buffalo, Allen couldn't go anywhere. The Steelers collapsed the pocket on him like crazy. Now, I know Bud Dupree's not around, but Highsmith's been the Steelers' best player through this entire offseason, their best performer. And I also know that Stefan Tuitt's not going to be there. So you're going to have to see Chris Wormley step up. You're going to have to see Joe Schobert uh, look like he's caught up and capable of being a signal caller in his first snap in anger after only having played a couple series of a preseason game. I know, I know. There's, there's a lot here. There's a lot here. And that's the reason the two of my three keys are on the defensive side of the ball where you would think there wouldn't be as many issues. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when, where, and how you'd prefer to learn those, whether it's at Point Park's downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format's for you. Learn more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Number one. Oh, you thought I was going to say the offensive line, didn't you? But that'd be so predictable and so boring, even if it's accurate, that I'm going to try to avoid it, you know? Instead, what I'll do is I'm going to incorporate the offensive line to try to avoid this being an answer that you saw coming 10 miles away and say, I want to see Najee Harris touch the football. I want to see the ball in his hands. I don't care if it's a yard and a half in a cloud of dust on fourth and short. I don't care if it's a beautifully executed block inside left tackle. By the way, they're going to be doing a lot of running on the left side because they trust both Dan Moore and Kevin Dotson to get big pushes over there. I don't care if it's a pitch in the backfield. I don't care if it's a reverse. I don't care if he lines up at wide receiver, which he'll do a lot, and leads the team in catches. In fact, I would posit that the Steelers' offense would be off to some spectacular start if the latter were the case. I want the ball in his hands. First down, second down, third down. I want the ball in his hands. Doesn't mean every snap. I'm not being weird here. But the worst case scenario that you could have for this offense 
going into Buffalo, knowing they're going to need to score points, is to take this weapon into that stadium with them and not utilize it to the fullest. Not just for this game, not just for this week. The Steelers have everything to gain long-term from getting Najee involved. So go do it. Do it now. Do it often. Najee this, Najee that. Najee left, Najee right, Najee up the middle, Najee lines up wide, Najee on the pitch. Nothing but Najee right to the end when we come back. Just one question. for just one question and that's always brought to you on this program by the personal injury law firm of luxembourg garbage kelly and george lgkg they represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need assistance with workers comp who filed medical malpractice claims the attorneys at lgkg have been designated super lawyers for over 15 years that's a real thing it's reserved for the top five percent of all attorneys in our commonwealth learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's question comes from Matt, who asks, at what point do we start drawing comparisons between T.J. Watt, Le'Veon Bell, and the way the Steelers handle their contract negotiations? I might be way off base, but it's worrying me that history's repeating itself. I don't think it will, Matt. I, I'm going to tell you why here without getting into all the comparisons here and all the you know, the Steelers' internal policy about not wanting to have guaranteed money past the first year, that's something that they don't want to break because if you break it once, then you're going to have to break it for Minka Fitzpatrick and you're going to have to break it for your next quarterback and you're going to have to break it for Najee Harris someday. And I can understand why they'd want to hang on to that for dear life. They're trying to find other ways, from what I understand, to work around that to get it done. Fine. But here's the biggest thing for me. If you're looking for signs, you don't have to dig into hypotheticals and uh, contract processes or precedents. All you have to do is listen to what the head coach said. The head coach himself said he's optimistic it'll get done. To know this man is to know that he wouldn't speak that if it wasn't there. That doesn't mean he can't be deceitful in his own way or whatever. It's just that he himself has nothing to gain there by being deceitful. The football team has nothing to gain from the head coach saying that he's optimistic that it'll get done. Nor that he'll be at practice with the team today. I fully expect as I have all along, based on the parties involved and based on all the signals that have been sent in all directions, that T.J. Watt will be signed to an extension and T.J. Watt will be on the field with the Steelers after signing that extension this Sunday in Orchard Park, New York. It will not be Le'Veon Bell. Part two. These aren't the same people. This isn't 
the same situation. I appreciate the question a lot, Matt, actually, because I was going to get away with doing this whole episode without talking about TJ, and that wouldn't have been right. Let's do another one tomorrow. Maybe after the deal's done. Mm-hmm.